Hey girl, thanks for supporting Girl Support Girls, the podcast. Today's episode, Karen, Adrian, and I are taking on perfectionism and all that goes with it. Is it really as bad as people say? Stay tuned to find out. I'm Olivia, and this is Girl Support Girls. I'm going to have our guests introduce themselves. Karen, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, So I was raised in Arizona. I came to Utah as a freshman for college. And I, so I was here at college and I served a mission in Mexico city. And then I came back and I actually just graduated last December. So it feels really good to be graduated. And I graduated in Spanish teaching and I have a job lined up for next August as a junior high Spanish teacher. So Mm -hmm. now I'm just waiting around for that to happen. And it's awesome. Love that. Uh, Fun fact, interesting, quirky. Um, I am much of like, I'm a stress buyer. And really yeah I, I so my freshman year I it was probably like two o'clock in the morning I had purchased an accordion on Amazon oh yes. um, and I played it for a couple of things but like I, I've learned to play several songs on the accordion and that's probably it's pretty dope yeah <laughs> I love that that's amazing that's so cool okay well thanks Karen and this is Adrian yeah so I um born and raised in Utah so I've lived here most of my life I um Went to BYU, so I just graduated a year ago in English um, with you, actually. Yeah, you took a class yeah we did. Oh, I was cool. That. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I served a mission um, in Brazil, actually, Portuguese-speaking. Um, yeah, I think I've lived outside of Utah, like, when I served my mission, and then I lived in Europe for nine months. And other than that, I've been here for just my whole life. So. I didn't know that. Well, where did yeah. you live? Um, London, Paris, and um, Dublin. Oh, it's for my dad's job. That's awesome. We all live there. Yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So we're super. Oh, wait. Your fun fact. Oh, I guess that could have been a fun fact. But my fun (laughs) fact is when I was like 15, I kissed a zebra like on the mountain. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because we were in Indonesia and they had this like drive through safari where the animals are just like walking around just free range roaming. Anyways, you can drive through and the one zebra just was super friendly, stuck his head in the car and my instinct was just to kiss it. So I I did. And I have a picture to prove it. So that's awesome. I I don't know why I did that. There we go. Okay, well, now that you've met our guests, we'll transition into our topic for the day. We're going to be talking about perfectionism, like I said. And um, I don't know, perfectionism is something that is so hard because you never want to think there's something wrong with trying to be better. And I don't want to say that there is, but I think it's when it's detrimental to your health or your sanity or whatever. Yeah, your self-worth. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's when the problem um, kind of comes in. But I guess to start off, what do you guys think perfectionism is? I like how you mentioned how it's not always like a bad thing, how it does. It's not a bad thing to want to be better and improve. But for me, perfectionism, when it gets to the point where it is detrimental to our health and feeling the need to constantly be perfect, when in reality, I I think that's impossible. Yeah, I am. Um, so I know we're going to touch on this a little later, but when I was thinking about it, I think at its root, like actual perfectionism is always negative because ultimately it's just striving for an ideal that comes from a group or a certain person. And it's an ideal that's always unattainable, right? Like you can't be perfect. So, um, and then the more I was thinking about it, when I was thinking about like what, 
how would I define perfectionism? My instinct was to Google it, but I was like, no, what's just my experience with it? And I think, at least for the most part, it's always a fear of something. Like it comes, it, it's rooted out of fear. So like, I have to be perfect because because if not, like my self-worth is lower. Or like if I don't do the best at, you know, this test, this performance, then I, it like has something to do with you as a person, I think, when you have that mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think perfectionism always comes out of a place of fear and then it affects your performance, your view of yourself and others. And then, so yeah, I think it's really kind of examining where your motivation is for doing or not doing things. Because I think once you catch yourself not doing things because you're scared, like, oh, I'll talk to that boy next time, you know, or I'll like, yeah. I'll raise my hand in class next time, right? Like I had a good comment, but like, I don't know how to say it. I'll raise my hand next time. Or like, I'll try out for the team next year. So if you're like every time you're not doing something, I think you have to examine why and check it out and say if it's out of fear, it's hurting you, you know? Yeah. I love how you're talking about like performing and stuff because <laughs> little fun fact about me, I used to be the drama club president <laughs> in my high school. So cool, yes. I know. Um, <laughs> but like, it's so true. And I would, I wouldn't audition for certain things because I was like, it, right. I won't be able to do it how I want to. Right. And I think it's somebody... I was talking to one of my friends about perfectionism and she calls it the, um, the performance lie. Hmm. And I thought that was so interesting Hmm. that you, you want to perform, you want to show that you're your best, but it's, it's a lie because it's, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, on that vein, something I wrote down about it was like, so I think we have to reexamine like, what does perfect mean? So like, let's say I want to be perfect at, I don't know, like doing this podcast, for example, like, what does that mean? And where does that ideal come from? Because it's probably coming from some outside group of like, this is how you do the best podcast, or like, this is how you are, you know, I don't know, the best student on the in the drama club, like you had, there's always this idea of like what you're supposed to be. And it comes from usually outside sources. And then we just attach onto it. And we're like, Oh, if I don't, you know, get all A's, I'm not a perfect student. And so lots of times the ideal, it's not, we're not creating it ourselves. We're just holding ourselves to this ideal that exists somewhere, right? And there's ideals for everything, so. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I was thinking a lot of that comes from, like, comparing myself to other people and think, Mm -hmm. like, well, this girl in my major, this happened and she did this. It's like, and so I start to think that that's what perfect is. Yeah. But in reality, everybody's perfect can and should be different. And we're all here, for, like we all have different goals that we should be working towards, and we don't need to be the same exact person as the person next to us. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how? I guess then, where does where does that like fit into the gospel in your mind? Because, like, notice I noticed that I said trying to be better versus perfectionism. So I think there's like two different connotations. Um, and I think we always assume that the gospel is all about trying to be better. And then there's perfectionism, with the, which is unhealthy and not related to the gospel. Um, but like the gospel is all about becoming perfect. So what, how does that, how would you reconcile those two things in your mind? I was told once, I don't know where this quote comes from, but they said that God hasn't asked us to be perfect, but he asks us to be perfect in repentance. And so like he, the whole reason he sent Jesus Christ to the earth was because he knew we were going to mess up. And so I have to constantly remind myself that like Jesus Christ came 
because the whole plan already was because we were going to sin and making those mistakes. Um, but that's why they put repentance in place. And so they do ask us for us to repent every single day and to strive, think towards perfection and repentance. However, even then, like it's okay to make mistakes and we're going to forget things, but that's, at least for me, that's how I learn often is through the mistakes that I've made. I think that's so good. And I love the sound of the cars in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear this right now, but they are going by. So sorry about that, listeners. Um, Also, I should just give it a little disclaimer. This is my very first podcast episode ever. And Karen and Adrian are nice enough to come on and join me for this adventure. So you know what? Wherever you are, if you're driving, if you're getting ready for school, give these ladies a hand. They're awesome for coming on. I don't know what I'm doing. It's great. <laughs> um, anyway, 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 and I think that's so true. Um, did you have any thoughts on that, Adrian? Um, I don't know. I think it's something I'm still really working out. I think the way we're taught the gospel a lot is like, you know, there's even the scripture, like be therefore perfect. And so there's this idea of like, like we know we can't be perfect, but we still try and we still teach it sometimes. And like on my mission, there was this emphasis on being perfectly obedient. Like mm. that was literally said out loud, like in the MTC. And so I went, I started my mission with this idea of like, I will be perfectly obedient. And of course I couldn't be. And then that was really hard to like reconcile. And then you have these thoughts of like, I'm not a good missionary. Right. So I still think it's taught in some ways. And I think it's harmful And I basically think we shouldn't ever attach the word perfect to anything in the gospel because we won't do it, you know? Like, that's not the plan right now is for us to do anything perfectly. So I think once we can let go of that, we'll be happier probably. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so shifting away from the gospel for just a second, um, let's talk about, like, multicultural perfectionism because I'm sure that, a California ideal is very different from like a New York ideal or like a mm-hmm. Utah ideal. Um, what do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, I hadn't thought a ton about this one, but just what comes to me right now is like, cause you're talking about this almost makes me think of like different types of beauty or like mm-hmm. different ways to be perfect in a different area. And it's all pretty arbitrary or based on like just your surroundings So I don't know, this might be a topic for another time, but I do think there's a lot of pressure from our environments to be a certain way, like, right, you have to wear certain stuff at school to kind of fit in or even in your city to kind of feel like you fit in and like no certain types of music. I don't know. So I think I think pressure to be a certain way comes from lots of sources, not just the church. It can come from so many different sources. And I don't know, especially as a woman, I just think that's hard to like parse out you know, find your self-worth amidst all that pressure. But And I I think like I was, I haven't spent much time on the East coast, but I think back to my high school experience and the world revolved around it's what it seemed at the time was like all the girls who were on the dance team and those Mm -hmm. who were cheerleaders and how many followers you had on Instagram or on Twitter. And so like, for me, I saw all these girls around me and saw that, well, this girl, her family, goes to the lake and she's on the dance team and she also has this many followers on Instagram and gets this many likes and so for me that's what seemed perfect and what the world's like the world that surrounded me 
Hmm. Um, but as I as I left Arizona and came to Utah, I did see it, it was different. And even leaving like high school, I was able to, I hate to say this term, but like find myself and really learn more about myself and yeah. who I was and realizing that none of that really mattered and that my self-worth wasn't based on how many followers I had on Instagram. And that wasn't what perfect meant. Preach. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. One thing I've noticed, oh dear, I hope this is still recording. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. You're there. We're okay. Good. We're good. <laughs> um, this is one heck of a podcast. Um, I think it's so interesting what you're saying about dance. I don't know. Okay. So like, this is just a weird train of thought, but like, <laughs> A lot of girls that I knew that did ballet growing up, and I did ballet Same. or like dance, <laughs> seem to struggle a lot with perfectionism. Hmm. And I wonder if that's like because it's a visual art and because we're women and we're taught that like most of our value lies in our beauty, that like we equate not just our physical appearance, but our our dancing or our performance appearance with perfectionism. And we internalize that to the point of um, carrying it with us uh, even when we leave the dance studio. I don't know why. Why Why dance? Why this dance? <laughs> I don't know, but I also danced, and so... <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, like, okay, so I talked to you guys a little bit before about perfectionism, and mm-hmm. where, I guess, when did you first notice that you maybe had some struggles with perfectionism? Um. Yeah, so I... Um, Olivia, the class we were in together, and I did that educational memoir, autobiography. Yes, it was sick. (laughs) So I I wrote it all on the theme of education and looked at my education throughout my life. And I started out talking about how I learned about myself and perfectionism when I was like 14. And I didn't – I can only look back now and realize what was happening, right? But so basically what happened is I was in ninth grade, got a B or a B plus. I don't even remember now, but I got one of those grades in my math class. And I literally remember sitting on my bedroom floor crying and I was devastated because I really felt like I wasn't as good as I thought I was before. And I felt like my worth was less as a person. And I was telling my mom about it and she was like, no, this doesn't really reflect you at all. She didn't say really. She said, you know, this doesn't reflect you. This doesn't like it's just one grade. This is just one little class. It was hard, you know, like you did your best. But I just remember, I even though she was telling me those kind words, I didn't believe her. And I was like, I had a goal to get into BYU, so I had to get all A's. And I wanted to be a perfect student, which then meant that I had to get all A's. And I think this is a classic example because we can measure our progress in school with grades, right? Yeah. But um, it's just interesting. Like, that's a pretty defined memory for me. And now I can look back and say, oh, wow, I, you know, had perfectionistic tendencies. And I really thought I was less a less worthy human because I got a B in my math class. And now I almost think it's funny, but like at the time it was not funny. It was very serious and I was very sad about it, you know? So I think that's one of the first memories I remember. And then on my mission, I kind of mentioned this, I had a real struggle with thinking I had to be perfectly obedient, which meant like, was it nine o'clock? Is that when you leave the house? I don't, uh, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. So it used to be, I think, in my mission, like, be out by nine, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because now these details, I can't remember them because they're not important. Like, my grade wasn't important. Yeah. The house is not so important. But at the time, I was like, I have to be perfectly obedient, do these things. And it caused me a lot of, I don't know, I didn't have all that, I didn't have the extra energy 
to worry about that stuff, but I used up energy thinking about being perfectly obedient. So I struggled with it a lot on my mission. I came home. I finally went to therapy for that and anxiety, which was really hard for me to do because Mm -hmm. like five years ago, going to therapy was still not as talked about and I felt really embarrassed about it. So I didn't tell anybody except my mom. Anyways, going to therapy gave me the tools to like to name what I was going through. So my therapist could help me say, oh, this is what this is. Like, give it a label. There's nothing wrong with you. You have these tendencies. Let's work on it. And so that's something I found. If you can name something, it gives you a lot more power because you can say, I'm not alone. It's this thing called perfectionism. Who else has it? Like, where can I talk about it? What can I look up about it? And so for me, naming it and just realizing what I had to work with helped a ton. So, and I'm, I'm still totally, you know, <laughs> working on up and down with different things and it comes and goes, but at least like going to therapy, getting some tools for like reframing my way of thinking helped a lot. So that's kind of been my journey with it. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, for me, so actually growing up, even throughout high school, up until like I was a freshman in college, I was pretty okay with like being average and mm-hmm. not getting all the best grades or showing up late somewhere. I just, none of it affected me. And I feel like I was going really good in that. But then similar to Adrian's experience, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved my mission and it made me the person I am today. And it's the best decision I made up until now. Um, but in some ways it was very damaging to my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just think with certain cultures and I hate to put blame, but I think because of the culture in my mission or certain leaders I had, there was a lot of pressure to do our best. And if we didn't meet every single goal that we had set that week, then it meant that you were a bad missionary Yeah, exactly. and you felt like you like we needed to repent if you didn't talk to as many people as you were supposed to. And yeah. It just, it became a really like a big problem for me. And so I came home from my mission to the point where I was paranoid about going in through the exit door at the grocery store where I was like, no, I need to go through the indoor and like, wow. feel, like feeling like I had to do everything right. So it affected like other areas of your life. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. Um, and so it's like, I was, and I loved how you mentioned earlier the fear and I realized like all of it was motivated by the fear of the consequence of it. Like thinking Mm -hmm. if we don't baptize this week, that means um, my leader will be mad at me or that means that. So it it was all just associated with the fear of whatever was going to happen because I wasn't perfect. Um, But as I returned from my mission and I, I think I had realized it through talking with people and a lot of it was discussions with coworkers or friends, people at church and I had slowly, I had realized I had forgotten to apply to myself what I had been preaching the past year and a half to people like, it's okay to make mistakes. And I didn't like realize that. Yeah. And so now, now I think it's really just been through understanding how other people experience it. And I think we might talk about this later, but for me, it's just been a huge thing being open with people and I think learning through my mistakes and actually this morning I was reading in the scriptures in it's in the end of um, the book, not the actual book of Mormon, but like the book of Mormon (laughs) in the book of Mormon. Mormon. It's the last, it's the last chapter where he's, it's Moroni talking and he's like, I want to talk about, he's basically like, 
I'm imperfect. My father's imperfect. And you should be grateful that we've written down our imperfections for you to learn from. Um, and even this morning, as I was thinking, like, that's huge how we constantly are learning from our imperfections. So I just think it's been through different experiences I've had that I've learned that it's okay to make those kinds of mistakes and to not be a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I think that's a big reason why we're doing this podcast is because we're all imperfect. We all have imperfections, but it's through sharing our imperfections and talking about them just kind of like Moroni and Mormon did that like we strengthen and edify others so that they know kind of like you were saying, Adrian, that it's okay that we're not alone. Yeah. So, yeah. And can I say, I think just listening to Karen, I think that's a good point. I think if someone's listening to this and they're like, do I have perfectionism? Is that really something I struggle with? I think if you ask yourself, do you, are you more harsh on yourself than you are to others? Oh, you know, yeah. cause I think we all do that. Well, not all of us, but I do that. Like I, I will treat my good friend or my family member kinder. I'll give them a second chance. I'll say it's okay. You know? And then to myself, I'm like, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you get an A? Why didn't you whatever? Um, so I think that's a, a symptom of it, I would say, yeah. like air quotes, but like if you're being too hard on yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a quote here that um, one of my friends wrote. She said, striving for perfection is a really good thing. Being abusive towards yourself when you fall short is not. And yeah. I'd never heard it put like that, like abusive, that I am abusing that's what it is. myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, ugh, strong language always gets to me. I don't mm -hmm. know. So, yeah. I love that. Um, so, Adrian, you talked a little bit about going to therapy and how that helped you. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of the mindset that you need, Karen, and recognizing that it comes from a place of fear. Are there other techniques that you guys use to cope or to, that have helped you get over, like, some lingering effects of the mission? I hate to, I don't yeah, know why I, I said I, it like that. No, and it's true. I hate, I don't want to put like a negative connotation on it. Um, yeah. But I think it's okay to acknowledge some negative things that do come from experiences in our lives. Yeah, yeah I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. I think something that is really important to me is journaling. Mm. So even just yes. writing down how I'm feeling and then rereading it, I realize, oh, that was dumb. Why did I think that? And it, oh, it's a huge way for me to receive revelation and to feel like I I am getting answers just through when I write down whatever happened that day or how I'm feeling why I feel like I made this mistake the longer I write the more I feel like my attitude turns around and I learn from whatever just happened that's so good yeah I agree yeah I I'm a big advocate for saying the good and the bad of everything like because there's yeah just being honest because I think that's how you can work through stuff and I will say just for the mission thing in general like just watching the changes the church has made for the missionary program since like we you know came yeah. back they've done a lot of things to help with this very problem we're talking about just like flexibility and having missionaries be more accountable for their own schedules so things are improving you know if people are thinking about going on missions things are different than when we went. So yes, I am and the I biggest, keep changing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the biggest advocate of missions. Yes. Just yeah. know that I love my mission. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> They're hard. Yeah. 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 The church is aware and they are yeah. doing an awesome job yeah. of adapting and learning. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess my last question for you guys is what would you tell your 15 year old self, you know, or your 2019? Even like 15 year old, I think for me, the biggest thing is when the more I've realized the closer my relationship has been with God, the more I've realized how much he cares about me no matter what. And my feelings of the need for perfection has really gone away. The more, the, the more that I feel like God is okay with the way I am like, yeah, he does want us to improve. Um, there, there was one time where I had, um, I had made a mistake and I was talking to somebody about it and they said, God doesn't think any less of you for what you've done. And that was really huge for me to understand how God sees me. And so I I would just want my 15 year old self to strive to have a more strong and positive relationship with God um, so they can understand how God sees them and that that need for perfection isn't a need as much. Yeah. Yeah. And God isn't, God isn't fear. God is love. And I think, yeah, having a strong relationship with, someone that you know and you can trust will always love you no matter what yeah I think that's amazing yeah I I really like that because I think the more you get to know the true nature of God the the less you feel those feelings right because really like we're saying God is not a God that expects us to be perfect in big or small things and so I think it's sometimes we have a wrong view of what how God is and that he thinks we need to be a certain way but so I do think just and I think the hard part is figuring out how to get to know God. But I think when, like, as you do it, you, you get to, yeah, you're more self-compassionate basically. So um, I think I would say to myself, because um, Olivia, in that project I did for our class, I framed it as I was like writing to my 14 year old self. And once, so after every little chapter, I would write like a message to myself of what I've learned, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. And I actually liked that because they're just short little statements. But one thing I said about this was like um, naming your anxiety or your perfectionism, whatever it is, naming it gives you power and it doesn't define you. Like your perfectionism never defines you. And it also gives you the ability to help other people and hear other people around you. Because the moment you know you struggle with perfectionism or whatever it is, the moment you can hear and recognize people around you that are struggling and then you have this, you know, charity for them. You have empathy for them um, and you can lift them. And if you didn't have that experience yourself, like I'm not going to say I like perfectionism, but if I didn't have it, I couldn't be empathetic towards other people that have it, you know? So it, you can use it in a positive way to help other people. So preach. <laughs> All right, girls, we are out of time, but I just want to thank you so much for listening. Um, to wrap up, we're going to have Karen and Adrienne kind of talk a little bit about what they've learned about perfectionism or their key takeaways from today. I think what my takeaway, as I've even been thinking the past 25 minutes, is I've realized every single day our 100% is very different. And just as an example, if somebody is sick and we can't go to work that day, it's not like it's the end of the world that we couldn't go to work that day. We gave our 100%. And we got up and we got dressed and maybe that was all that was required of us that day. But a different day, our 100% could be very different. And so just understanding that we 
um, that God understands where we are and the need to be perfect. I think it is an opportunity for growth, um, but more than anything, the more we understand what God expects of us, the less we need to feel the need to be perfect 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, Karen, I really like that. And I think it's cool because God trusts us to, he trusts us so much to, to make so many decisions, right. And to, to like uh, work on our personal growth. He trusts us to do so much. And so something I've learned about perfectionism. And as I was thinking about this before we met today is that I think a lot of it is um, letting go of these certain expectations that we have looking at where they come from, like we talked about earlier. And if they come from a place of fear or comparison, then I think we need to let go of them and redefine what, I won't say perfectionism, but what success looks like for us in a given situation. And once we can really define that for ourselves, I think we'll be so much happier because we'll know why we're working towards a certain goal, right? And I think that God can be part of that. He can help us define what good success looks like. So I agree. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week, girls, and we'll talk later. Bye.